It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Going to kick things off as some teams kick things off today. Some offseason programs began for four teams across the National Football League. The Dolphins, the Bears, the Giants, and the Saints. Now, the Raiders, who also have a brand-new head coach uh, in Josh McDaniels, they don't get theirs started till next Monday. So on the 11th is when the Raiders will get started. But the Dolphins, Bears, Giants, and Saints already got their offseason program underway today. And just kind of crazy, DeMond. It's like the Super Bowl just passed. We're talking about free agency. We know the draft's coming up. And I know they're, they're not out there popping pads. They're not, you know, full-season practices or whatever like that. It's just it's very minimal right now. But just to know that for those four teams right now and the Raiders a week from today, there's actually going to be some football activities going on at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. It's crazy that's already back around. It is because we like to say it in our industry, hey, it's a 12-month sport. <laughs> right. But for the players, it's year-round for them as well. Yep. Yeah. If really you're not is. a solidified veteran, you're already getting to work. Yeah, and even if you are a solidified veteran, you're yeah, probably you're still, still working. working. Yeah, like, exactly. For, you know, it's all it's mandatory or or, volunta- or voluntary. Right. If you're a guy who's on the fringe, you're there on April 4th, April 11th. Right. No matter what. No doubt. No doubt about it. So, yeah, a lot of teams starting to get back to work. And any team that has a, a brand-new head coach gets a, a week earlier start. So, uh, as I mentioned, the Raiders, they'll start on the 11th. But the four teams that uh, the Dolphins, Bears, Giants, and Saints, they all got started today. Trying to see who else starts on the 11th. Uh, Denver, the uh, the Broncos will get started. The Texans get started on the 11th. Jacksonville get started on the 11th. I mentioned the Raiders already. Uh, who else? Uh, Minnesota, the Vikings will get started on the 11th. So a lot more teams will get in action. Tampa Bay will get in action on the 11th. How convenient, right? They got a brand new head coach. He's not really a brand new head coach because he was their defensive coordinator, but they get started a week from today as well. So a lot of a lot of teams will be really going uh, next Monday, but uh, a couple of them got started today. Uh, earlier today, also found out about a trade that went down between a couple teams, the Eagles and the Saints. The Eagles sent picks number 16, number 19, and number 194 overall to the Saints in exchange for pick number 18, number 101, and number 237 in the seventh round, and then 2023 first-round pick and a 2024 second-round pick. So now the Saints own pick 16 and 19 in the first round, and the Eagles own 15 and 18. So think about that. The Eagles pick at 15, Saints at 16. Then there's a pick at 17. Then, boom, the Eagles back up at 18 and the Saints at 19. So you're going to see a lot of Saints and Eagles April 28th right here in Las Vegas for the NFL draft. But I have to assume that that trade went down because the Saints are eyeing a quarterback Willis that they feel like that they can go out there and, uh, and and make some noise with. Go get him, draft him, maybe let him sit for a year behind Jameis, and then make a decision on what they're going to do. So that's that's just my gut feeling, but we'll find out obviously once he comes down to the draft time. And plus, you don't know where Malik Willis is going to go. You just have, feel like that they're in a good position to draft him. He's there because I think this is a you make this trade if you think that he may be taken earlier and you need some extra draft capital to trade up. Think you're going like, to tra- trade up higher? I think so. Hmm, maybe. Because if he's not, if he wouldn't have been there at what pick eighteen, right? You think he like oh those two picks are really going to make the difference? Well, I think so. That's just my theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. It is it like could, hey, we it could be. We think he's a top ten guy, so we might have to leverage with let's maybe the Jets or someone that's inside the top ten. We'll give you pick what's that um sixteen and nineteen right to move up into the top ten. It's very possible. It's very possible. But uh, they obviously have somebody in mind that I mean they don't just make that trade just to move up a couple spots for nothing. So uh, I would think that it has to be quarterback and we all know there's not a whole lot of of great quarterbacks in this draft if there's any great quarterbacks I don't know if there's a franchise guy in this draft I really don't I don't have any idea you know but we'll see we'll see what uh, these other teams think but I I think that for the quarterback position this is one of those drafts and there's a reason why we haven't talked about quarterbacks much in this draft because they're just not there 
just not there. So we'll see what happens. But that was the, the big trade that happened today. The trade that happened over the weekend, the Dolphins actually traded Devontae Parker to the New England Patriots, which was surprising to me because it was an in-division trade, which you don't see very often. But Devontae Parker, he goes to the, the Patriots for a 2023 third-round selection. And uh, so, yeah, he has two years left on his deal. Uh, he had signed an extension. He's 29 years old. He's had a had a really good year in 2019, but he's really slowed down. Ever since Miami got Tyreek Hill, you knew that Devontae Parker was going to be on his way out at some point. And so they trade him to the New England Patriots, and uh, now he's a member of New England, which is weird. Again, it's an in-division in trade, so it's kind of one of those situations where it's like, well, is that what you think of the guy? <laughs> you don't mind playing him twice a year? But, I mean, I guess it is what it is. Uh, one note that I found funny on this Devontae Parker trade Adam Schefter just tweeted out a little bit ago. One of the teams that expressed interest in acquiring Devontae Parker before New England ultimately did was the Dallas Cowboys. Per league source, Dallas is not done looking to add another wide receiver. But they just got rid of a wide receiver. They just traded one wide receiver to Cleveland, but yet they're looking for another wide receiver. They want a third option that's not worth $20 million. <laughs> right. Exactly. That is, I mean, that is the exact case right there. So... That's just, it's, it's funny, man. They gave up a first round pick for Amari Cooper. Then they traded him to Cleveland and now they're still in the market for another wide receiver and they just can't get right with what they exactly want to do. So again, Devontae Parker uh, and a 2022 fifth round pick to New England for a 2023 third round selection. So that was the trade that happened over the weekend. How about this? Frank Gore, that guy, he's planning on signing a one day contract and retire with the San Francisco 49ers. That dude has been an absolute stud throughout the course of his career. He's number three all time when it comes to rushing. That's pretty cool. He is pretty cool. I mean, Emmett Smith obviously is the all-time leading rusher with 18,355 yards. Walter Payton's right behind him with 16,726 yards. And then there's Frank Gore with 16,000 yards. 16,000 yards. That is incredible. And the thing about it is he did his all 16,000 on 3,735 carries, which is 4.3 uh, an average. So every time he catches or gets the ball, it's about 4.3 4 yards he's going to get. Emmett Smith had 4,409. Now he had a, I mean, he had a hell of an offensive line that he was running behind. So he was picking up four yards of carry as well. But man, he ran the ball 4,409 times to get those 18,000 yards. That's pretty incredible, man. To carry the rock 4,409 times. Think about the NFL these days and how they disrespect the running back position. There's no way there's a running back. That could be a topic that we have one day. Like records that will never be broken. There's no way that there's a modern day running back that's going to carry the rock 4,409 times. It's just not going to happen. They don't get their respect anymore. They don't, they, and it's not, it's not run the rock, run the rock, run the rock. It's throw the ball around the yard and then throw the, and then run the rock. It's incredible. I mean, like if you look at the all-time leading rushers, Adrian Peterson. I mean, I know he played in 2021, but what does he have? I mean, he doesn't have too much left in the tank. He's at 14,918 yards, so he's not anywhere close to Emmitt Smith. He's over 4,000 yards away from Emmitt Smith. Then the next running back, and, and that's fifth. Curtis Martin is sixth, retired. LaDainian Tomlinson, seventh, retired. Jerome Bettis, eighth, retired. Eric Dickerson, ninth, retired. Tony Dorsett, tenth, retired. Jim Brown, Marshall Falk, Edgar and James, Marcus Allen, Franco Harris, Tom. All these guys are retired. Ain't nobody catching Emmitt Smith anytime soon, if ever. I couldn't tell you. I, I'm looking at the list. Does Shady McCoy still play, or is he out? He's done, right? He's out. He's 22nd. He's 22nd on the list. He's the next guy that's even close to, to still breathing in the league. Who else? 
I mean, literally nobody. There's no chance that that record's going to get broken. I just went through the top 50, and there's, I think, two on this list that could potentially even still run the ball still. Frank Gore and Adrian Peterson. Everyone else is retired. And Frank Gore is retiring. <laughs> so there's, there's that. Running backs just, they don't carry the rock like that anymore. Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, maybe Where's I he missed at? over someone, Where's but he he's at? the current player that sits the highest. 58th. 58th. And we're all and, time. And we and what do we say about Zeke right now? Oh, he's washed. Don't we say that? I mean, yes. isn't that the conversation? He's what's washed. His, what's the backup's name there? Tony Pollard? Tony Pollard. People are like, oh, he should be starting actually. Exactly. Exactly. Man, how many carries does uh does Zeke have total? I just want to know. Just want to show the big difference of the running back back in the day who ran from 1990 to 2004. 1650. 1650. 16, 16, yeah, 1650. Wow. Think about how many more times he'd have to carry the ball, and that ain't happening. It just ain't happening. Even if he carried, he he's, he's not going to carry the ball sixteen hundred and fifty more times. Whatever number he's at right now, he will not even double that before his career is over. And this past season, two hundred and thirty-seven attempts. That's a career low for Zeke, and it's going to continue to get lower because they're not using him like that. You know, I mean, and the and now with the running back position, what a lot of the teams are doing, and again, I go back to the disrespect that running backs get. They use them up, they use them up, they use them up, carry the rock, carry the rock, carry the rock. Okay, your contract's up. All right, you can go. And they let them go after they have 1,500, 1,600, 1,700 yards on their, on their tires. You know, they, they, okay, the wear and tear is already on them. All right, let them go. We'll get some young, younger dude. That's just the nature of the position now, unfortunately. I love a dominant running back. I mean, that's one of the – when a running back is out there cooking and you can give him the ball and that offensive line is, is opening up holes – and he's just out there doing his thing. I don't think there's a better thing in football to watch. I don't think there's a better, better position to watch eat than when you have a dominant running back that you know is going to get the ball. You just know damn well he's getting the ball, and they, they just can't stop it. I can't remember exactly how many years ago this was when the Raiders played Denver. I want to say it was a Thursday night game. And they ran the ball and ran the ball with Latavius Murray, and they kept running the ball, and it was damn near the same play. And Denver knew it was coming. They just couldn't stop it. I think Donald Penn said that after the game. Oh, yeah. They knew it was the same play coming. They just couldn't stop us. We were blowing up the blowing up the defensive line so much, we just ran the same play. When you can see a running back dominate like that, that's a thing of beauty. It doesn't happen these days that much just because of the way the game is played. And I know that sounds like the old dude sitting at the table drinking some whiskey. Oh, back in my day. But it's, I mean, but it's the truth. It's the truth. So shout out to Frank Gore, man. He was always, I always thought, called him little Scarface. I always thought he looked like Scarface. Scarface the rapper, not Scarface. <laughs> I know what you mean. All right. I just thought about that. I was like, well, someone doesn't. Someone's like, Q, he looks nothing like Scarface. You know what Frank Gore needs to do? What? Not sign the one day contract. Give him a one game contract. Because I still think that he, I think he could go out there and give you that, that four yards of carry for one game. What's that going to do for I, him? I, it won't do anything for him. I mean, He's 726 a, yards behind Walter Payton. He ain't going to get that in the game. Yo, it's just for that one last feeling. <laughs> if I was a player, I'd be like, yo, let, let me just play one. Let me suit up for one last game. And you know what they're going to say? Sorry, Frank. <laughs> We've got some quality running backs that can get it done. I know you averaged 4.3 yards a carry in your career, but no. No thanks, Doc. And just a couple years ago, he was getting it done in Buffalo. A couple years ago, he was getting it done in New York with the Jets. Exactly. Just you, Come on. I got it, coach. But like you just said, a couple years ago. That was the key right there. But, yeah, I, I always liked Frank Gore, man. I thought he was a hell of a running back. Uh, I think he's one of those guys that was really uh, underrated. You know, he was one of those guys that never was talked about to the, to the level of where they should be talked about. 
But he's a hell of a player. What's so funny? I just thought about him and Darren Williams. Like, hey, the last time we saw him, he was boxing Darren Williams. <laughs> that's in the right. Ring. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That wasn't the and highlight. And he didn't know that it was a real fight. <laughs> <laughs> Darren Williams knew. Darren Williams was part of that. He wanted it. He wanted to give him that smoke. That's funny. But, yeah, I, I think Frank Gore's better days was on the football field, not in the boxing ring. Let's put it like that. A couple more quick notes from over the weekend. Xavier Howard, he keeps on winning. Shout out to X, man. That dude just keeps on winning. Signed a new five-year contract worth $50.691 million in new money. That's going to give him an average salary of $25.345 million. Uh, that's big time. Now, he had three years and $39 million still left on his previous deal. It's like every couple of years, Xavier Howard signs a new deal. And he doesn't really go about it a disruptive way. He doesn't have to go scrub his, his, his social media and get rid of the Dolphins logo or anything like that. He just goes to him and says, hey, I'm productive. I'm still being really productive. I need a raise. And we need to fi- figure out how to work it out. And he did. And he got the new money. So Xavier Howard is uh, winning, and he continues to win. Basically, he got a $25.345 million extension for the next couple of years, again, to get that $50 million plus in new money. Uh, the guy, hey, man, the one thing that I know about the NFL, if you can – Throw touchdowns, if you can sack the quarterback and stop him from throwing touchdowns, or if you can be a DB and intercept the ball and not allow touchdowns, you're going to get paid. Hold on. You said, like, he's not out here scrubbing his IG. But didn't last season or the season before he said he wanted to trade? Yeah, he did. He said he wanted to – but he just said he wanted to trade. But he didn't have to go scrub his his, his social media. He just said, hey, I want to trade because you're not going to pay me. But he's still basically sitting, sitting down with his arms do. folded. No, but that's what you're supposed to do. Hey, man, you know, pay me or trade me. Okay, you're going to pay me. Great. I don't need I don't need the little kid act where I'm gonna go get rid of this off my social media. No, just hey, come to me like a man and say, hey man, either trade me or I'm out. You know, we trade. need you out here in the media saying, hey man, I respect my teammate, but I'm better than my teammate. How he making more money than me? He wasn't wrong. He's not wrong. Byron Jones and that production that he has is very minimal. He's a damn good defensive back. He just doesn't create turnovers. And unfortunately for him, the name of the game is create some turnovers. If you create turnovers, you're gonna get paid. X has what twenty something interceptions in his career, at least. He's uh he he's he's the dude, man. He's he's making it happen. He keeps winning and keeps making money. Final note for you: you can get that you can, you can get that interception note and let me know when you got it. Twenty seven. Okay, there you go. Twenty seven. So he has as many interceptions just about as Josh Jacobs has touchdowns. That's pretty good, man. It's not bad. Twenty seven interceptions. That's pretty good for his career. I like that. Uh, how about this? How about this final note? Uh, Colin Kaepernick, he actually threw at Michigan's spring game. Uh, he threw for about 15 minutes. It was during halftime. Of course, him and Jim Harbaugh, they have a good relationship with each other, going back to their time in San Francisco. And the only reason I bring it up is because I feel like he's been mentioned so much that he that there's a, that that there's almost got to be a chance that he ends up in a camp, right? Ooh, you say that, but I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, I want to. My gut feeling tells me no, but it's just like his name keeps coming up so much that I feel like it's almost. It's almost like by default, someone's got to give him a shot. Who would their team be? I'm thinking maybe the Seahawks. I would think the Seahawks too. That was that's exactly. I mean that's and why wouldn't they? Who do, I mean who do they have throwing the ball? They got Drew Locke. If he's worse than Drew Locke and you don't want to bring him in, cool. But I just think that he has an opportunity to at least go out there in camp and see if he has anything. We're seeing all this, you know, him throwing the Tyler Lockett. We're seeing him throw at the Michigan Spring game. I just feel like there's. You know what we always say, where there's smoke, there's fire? I feel like there's a little bit of fire somewhere. Like, he's going to get an opportunity with some team. I just don't know who. Seahawks would be my best guess. It, but I don't know, Pete Carroll, they had the opportunity to bring him in. But you, like you said, they have Drew Locke now and not Russell Wilson. I would not hang my hat on Drew Locke. I would not hang my hat on Drew Locke. 
They're not going to make a move for Baker Mayfield, at least not yet. So you got to have they another. Op- you got to have another option, even if you don't go with them. You got to have another option at least to choose from, right? You don't just go and pick. Oh, hey, Drew Locke. Even though he wasn't very good in Denver, and they so desperately wanted him out, we think we could save him. Maybe they're looking for the draft. They could be. They very well could be. I just don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't see it. I just think that with all this smoke that's around Cap's name right now, and him getting all these different workouts, and the way he sounded really happy at the Michigan uh, pro, uh, spring game uh, when they when they talked to him at halftime. I just feel like that he he knows that he's going to get an opportunity somewhere. It just it got it just I don't know it just is leaning that way, and usually when my gut tells me something's going to happen, it's usually right. Every once in a while, it's gas, but for the most part, it's it's always right. So I don't know. We'll see. Obviously, there's a long time. We have to see what happens with the draft. He might not get any, any kind of invite until after the draft, but I think after the draft, he'll at least get an invite to someone's camp. Now, if he's going to stick there, who knows? But I think he does get some kind of invite. 317 is the time. We'll come back. We'll take your calls and text 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. When you look at the red zone, who do you believe will provide the biggest impact for the Raiders this upcoming season and why? Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, or other? Let us know about it. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. The NFL Draft is taking over Las Vegas. You could be there to witness it live. Raider Nation Radio has the hookup on the ultimate NFL Fan Fest. Player appearances, photo opportunities, live concerts, and more. And the best part, my motto. If it ain't free, it ain't me. Well, it is all free with the NFL One Pass app. Be there as the stars of tomorrow. Take the stage in Las Vegas. Download right now the NFL One Pass app for your free entry to the NFL Draft. It's April 28th through 30th. Again, NFL.com slash NFL One Pass to get registered today. Excited about that. Started seeing pictures. I know Heidi Fain, Cassie Soto, my man Brian Salmon, Paloma Villacana, all those all those guys and, and young ladies that cover sports here in Las Vegas were out doing their thing today and taking pictures and tweeting them out of the setup downtown for the draft. It'll be around here quicker than you know. And it's so funny with the Raiders not having a first-round pick or a second-round pick, there's a little bit of the, the excitement isn't there for the draft. But the draft is still so damn exciting just being there. And I don't know how many drafts you've been to. I've only been to a couple. And, man, they are so much fun. And to me... They're more fun than even being on Radio Row for the Super Bowl because, and this is the reason why, every fan base believes that they're getting better during the draft. Now, they're not all getting better, but every fan base believes that they are. So you'll see a Jaguar fan that'll be like, Jags, let's go, Jags! You know, they'll be losing their mind. (laughs) Everybody is so excited. And then when the pick comes in, you know, and it could be anyone. And for the most part, they'll say, yeah, woo! Let's go. And then like a month or two into the season, they'll be like, that guy sucks. You know, it was just. It's I was just, saying on draft day, we shouldn't have drafted him. Right. Exactly. Because the worst thing ever is if someone at that same position is good. Right. And he was taking a few picks oh, later. Oh, man, that is the very worst. That is the very worst. And, of course, I don't have to go through the history of the Raiders drafting. We all know how that shakes out. I was in Nashville for the, and this is not a disrespect to Cleve Farrell, but I was all there for the Cleve Farrell face. I was there and witnessed it. That's the pick where the dude went viral, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, what the? <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. It was when I was working at ESPN Central Texas and we'd be at the draft, there would always be a, okay, I want to see what Q's reaction is to the the Raiders pick. So my co-host Craig would always, he'd be videoing me while the while the pick was coming in. And in Arlington, 
I think the Raiders traded like when they got Colton Miller, I think they traded like three times, right? Because every time he started rolling film and then, oh, the Raiders have made a trade. Like, oh, damn. And so I kept thinking that the Raiders were going to get Derwin James instead of Colton Miller because he was still there available. Then the Raiders would trade. I'm like, oh, he's done. And then he's still available. So I'm like, all right, it's going to be Derwin James. So I'm up here telling everyone it's going to be Derwin James. Colton Miller. And I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like the Raiders are on the clock. Right. Derwin James, don't worry. Don't worry. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, look, it worked out. It worked out. It obviously was a good pick. Colton, and we saw the history with Derwin James. He's been injured and banged up a lot. But that's just how fan bases react. You know, they they get super pumped up for their 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 players that get selected. And you can make an argument for every player that is drafted by your favorite team. You can make an argument why they're going to be good. You can oh, always do that. He could be from Southeast Missouri Tech State. Like, you could never hear of him. Like, uh -huh. I, I, I came up with Shalit Calhoun was going to be good because I liked his name. You know? <laughs> like, I, I seriously. No, I did. That sounded like a ball player right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Shalit Calhoun, boy, he's about, to, he's about to do the damn thing. I had a nickname for him and everything. Verb. Oh, you just got shaliked. You know what I mean? Like, I came up. I had it, man. I had the catchphrase and everything. I was good to go. He never did nothing for the Raiders. That's, but that's how the draft is. That's how it is. That's how Gotta the draft have that hope. is. But you know something that I was thinking about, like, being at the draft? Because hopefully I am going to this one. Yeah. I want to boo Roger Goodell. You and the rest of everyone else. I know, but I think that's, like, the fun thing every fan base well, can get behind. When you, when you do that, make sure you please, uh, like, put your credential in, in your shirt or something so they don't see you. So they don't, um, you know, say, oh, he's he's working media and he's booing. I was just kidding. Yeah. Everybody knows I was just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you can say it on the radio. I don't give a damn. Just if you do it, just put your credential on your shirt so nobody sees it. That's all. Just go blend in with the crowd when Who you do that. Who threw that tomato? <laughs> well, we know it wasn't DeMond. He can't even see over the guy in front of him. <laughs> Let's hustle out to the Raider Nation listener line real quick. Let's talk to our guy, Mitch in New Jersey. What's up, Mitch? Hey, how's it going, Q? Oh, it's good, man. It's blessed. I love to see the uh, Oak Rays get, get, get get move to Vegas and the Pelicans. You can't get two great teams. You have to settle for uh, big uh, Zion. Zion. Yeah, if he and, ever and, plays, the good team. <laughs> yeah, right. But I don't think they need him. They might. I think they're going to be finished ahead of the Lakers and uh, make the playoffs. They don't need uh, Zion. Um, I think um, it's being trouble with uh, Oakland, the Raiders uh, with uh, Adams. You won't be seeing too many uh, red zone situations because him and Rumpf are going to be scoring a lot of touchdowns. Okay. Um, you know, got those a great tight end there too, and Waller. So that, that's pretty amazing. And when I, and also, how come the Rays won't retire numbers? I'm thinking Marcus Allen, Bo Jackson, and the Four Niners. They should have signed a goal last year. What's he wasting his time boxing? So the Brule sport. That's just my opinion. Thank All you. Right. That, hey, th thanks for the call, my man. No, they don't retire numbers because they'd run out of numbers. I mean, they've had so many great players that have used, you know, multiple numbers, but they, they just don't. That's that's one of the Raiders' things is they don't retire numbers. I'm actually okay with that. I'm okay with that because you can have, I mean, like 24. We know Jonathan Abrams wearing it, but when we see it, I think Charles Woodson. When someone else sees it, they think Willie Brown. Someone else sees it, they think, you know what I mean? It's like, I think that's cool. I think that's cool that they don't retire numbers because no one's bigger than the team. That's at least, you know, what they're saying. But I'm okay with that. And also, it's that honor, or you've been chosen, you're up right, next right. to get that number, speaking of 24. Right, exactly. Or just like, you know, when Rich Gannon was rocking number 12. We all know that's a snake's number, and we all know the snake's in the Hall of Fame. But I just think that it's, I, I think, personally, it's cool when you see uh, that number still being rocked. Let's hustle out and talk to our guy, uh, Mike, in Kentucky real quick. What's on your mind, Mike? Welcome to the show. 
Oh, my goodness. I, I feel like I found a lottery ticket, a golden lottery ticket. I had no idea that I could just call into a show that's about the Raiders five days a week, you know, from, from all day long. I, I mean, I, I, when it said radio on the app, I thought it was just for the games. <laughs> I didn't know you guys would be talking for Raider football. I've been listening to the NFL Network on Sirius, like, like waiting for five minutes of Raider talk. Like, all, 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 all this whole offseason dying because I can't believe they're not talking about the Raiders. And now I found it. I can listen in. I can call in. I, I'm, I'm in heaven. I'm in heaven right now in Kentucky. So let me tell you why I call. Because you asked a question that's a great question. It's like, who is going to improve the red zone now that uh, this next coming year? And I'm telling you guys that this is exactly why we're going to love uh, Daniels. Because he's thinking about the same thing. And that's why he went out and got a, 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 a fullback that he knows and believes in. Jacob Johnson is the biggest impact for this next year and you're not you're going to be Ramon McHugh you're going to be saying this you're going to be like man that guy from Kentucky was right because he is going to make some blocks that's going to open it up open it up for Jacobs I don't know which of them is going to, to to benefit the most from this so I'm not saying it's going to be Jacobs or or Drake it's going to be both of them. you look at the tape after the touchdown and you're going to be like damn Johnson just knocked that guy knocked that linebacker out and it's probably going to be between Colton Miller, because I got to tell you, our left side, uh, you know, looks a lot better than our right side line right now. But uh, but I'm telling you, I, it's be Jacob Johnson. No no Raiders fan, you know, really has seen play because he's been playing for New England. We hate New England. Right. Why would we watch that stupid ass team? Right. <laughs> right. Hey, thank you for the call, man. That's great. Hey, I'm glad to hear that we fired you up in Kentucky, man. Remember, all we're gonna call him now is the guy from Kentucky. The guy from Kentucky is calling, yeah, man, we're here. We're glad that we can uh, give you that Raider fix that you're looking for each and every day, and that's why the station was created because there's not enough of that Raider fix out there. 329 is the time when we come back. We're going to switch our attention up to the Masters. Tiger, is he on the prowl? We'll find out. Cam Rogers joins the show. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Got a lot going on tonight. North Carolina, Kansas, National Championship game. Got a lot going on this week. The Masters are rolling around, getting things started. I'm not a huge golf guy, but I am a big Tiger Woods guy. So to talk a little Masters, we got Cam Rogers. He is the host from the Believe Network, national sports betting golf analyst expert. He breaks it on down. Lock it in is the name of the show. Cam, thank you so much for your time. We do appreciate you. And I know you heard me off top talk about Tiger Woods. I know he's a game-time decision, but what does your gut feeling tell you about Tiger? You think he's going to be on the prowl this week? Hey, Q. Great to be with you, my man. I really appreciate what you do. You have a fantastic show. And, hey, this is a big-time storyline, a storyline that I certainly did not expect to be discussing this week. I'm thankful that I am, and we're not harping on the Phil Mickelson PR nightmare (laughs) or whether Rory McIlroy is going to finish his career Grand Slam hopes here. This is going to be an interesting situation here because I actually thought we would have our answer as far as Tiger Woods is concerned by now. Usually when his status was up in the air leading into the Masters, historically speaking, he would announce on the Friday evening afternoon before. So he was the master of the Friday evening news dump, and yet we didn't hear anything until Saturday morning, and I wake up, I check my phone, and there's, the information that really isn't all that much of information because he really doesn't even know yet whether he's going to play. Here's what I will tell you. He's there. He's practicing. He's going through the motions. He's on the range. 
Wayne looks fantastic. I think he's just looking for that last percent of that full 100, if you will, to give him the clarification that he's good to go. And I think that requires him to go through the motions a little bit more here in the early going this week. But here's the deal. 11.30 Eastern time tomorrow morning, he has a press conference with the media. My expectation is he will announce that he is committing to the Masters during that press conference. Whatever he decides, if he goes or he doesn't go, to think about it, man, February in 2021, we were all talking about this horrific accident where we don't even know if Tiger is going to ever play again. We don't even know if Tiger's ever going to walk again from the, I mean, from the early pictures of that accident to where we are right now, April of 2022. How unbelievable is this that we're even talking about this and a possibility he might play this week? I'm going to say this phrase probably a million times this week, but perspective matters when we're talking about Tiger Woods playing the Masters here this week. I know we all want him to be in contention among those Sunday afternoon roars, but the reality is he has not played any PGA Tour golf since the 2020 Masters tournament. So you're talking about a long layoff, and it would sort of be disrespectful to the rest of the PGA Tour to say, yeah, Tiger Woods could win this thing <laughs> when you have the likes of John Rahm and Justin Thomas and Scotty Scheffler with three wins already this PGA Tour season. So expectations as far as winning is concerned should be low. Right. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the guy is just barely a year out from this horrible accident. We had no idea whether he would keep both legs, to be frank with you, and Really, for the immediate, I was harping on, hey, let this guy go through the rehab process so he can do the mundane things in life, like play with his kids and Mm -hmm. go to soccer practice. And now the fact that he is here at Augusta National and way ahead of my projected timeline is truly, truly remarkable. Just, I mean, the sheer fact that he's practicing at Augusta National and walking this golf course, which is very difficult to walk, yeah, it's pretty amazing. No doubt about it. Again, we're talking with Cam Rogers here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. As far as the Masters goes, I mean, this is one of those tournaments. And like I said, I'm not a deep golf aficionado, but I know enough. I'm smart enough to know how big the Masters is. What does it mean when, when, when a player puts on that, that green jacket and they win the Masters? Yeah, there's something about the Masters in terms of tradition, right? You can't say fans. You have to say patrons. You have to say certain other buzzwords that are only allowed during the broadcast, right? You have Butler Cabin. You have the Crow's Nest where all the amateurs stay during the week of the Masters tournament. And you have the ceremonial tee shot on Thursday morning with Legends of the Game. It is truly unlike anything other. And I think from a seasonal standpoint, Hugh, it's almost like ringing in spring, right? We're transitioning out of college basketball. We're getting into springtime. You have opening day in the MLB this week, too. So I think this is like a perfect sports week here as we gear up for the spring and leading into the summer. I think it really makes everybody happy looking at Augusta National and the blooming azaleas and the Georgia Pines. It is truly a fantastic tournament, deep-rooted in tradition. In fact, it's kind of funny to say that because it's actually the newest major championship on the PGA Tour when it debuted back in 1935. But still, the best of the best will be seeing it up here this week at Augusta National. It's going to be quite a fun race here to Sunday evening. Hey, Cam, when it comes to odds for this Masters, who are some of the guys that maybe not favorites, but if you were going to place down a little money, this guy would be a safe, not a safe bet, but a nice bet to try to win some money on. My pick going in is Colin Morikawa. He's at plus 2,000. What do you think about that? (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Colin Morikawa is not getting a lot of buzz right now amongst the golf community, at least, you know, 
throughout this Monday here because other people like McElroy and Steve and Tiger Woods, of course, are being talked about. But Colin Morikawa is a steady iron player. The only question with him is can he figure out that putter on these really difficult, lightning-fast greens? And I haven't really seen enough from Colin Morikawa so far this PGA Tour season to lead me to believe he's going to win at Augusta National. But he's an elite talent, and at that number, I certainly can't talk you out of it. I'm going down the board a little bit with my projected winner this week being Daniel Berger, around 50-1 to to win the Masters this week. Here's an interesting trend. The last 10, excuse me, nine of the last 10 Masters champions had at least two top 15 finishes in their previous three events. Berger is one of those guys in the field this week. Eight of the last 10 winners gained at least 1.5 strokes per round from tee to green in, in the three months leading into the Masters. Berger is one of them, so iron game is absolutely crucial. Top 10 on the PGA Tour in strokes gained tee to green so far this year for Mr. Berger. And I know the resume at the Masters is not so great, but he did finish top 10 in his debut, which is really hard to do. There's only been one debutante to win the Masters since 1935. So Daniel Berger, 50-1, to 1, I think that is immense value this week. My man DeMond's always trying to make some money, man. DeMond's trying to try to get cash in and, and get some big-time money <laughs> real quick. We're talking again with Cam Rogers here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920, talking all things Masters. So outside of your pick and obviously outside of Tiger Woods, who is a very long shot, even if he participates, just good to see him out there. Uh, who are some other guys that we should have our eyes on this week at Augusta? Yeah, Justin Thomas is a big-time name in the industry here this week, guys. Made the switch to Jim Bones McKay, of course, former – caddy of Phil Mickelson. That's very important because Phil has a few green jackets himself. Justin Thomas, six top eight finishes since November, top 10 in driving distance, par five scoring, second strokes gained tee to green so far this year, first in the Masters field and strokes gained overall over the last 24 rounds. So I think it's just a converging trend here for Justin Thomas. I think it's all setting up for him to certainly have a shot at the green jacket this week. You certainly can't talk about a major championship without mentioning Brooks Kepka. How about this? Brooks Kepka's ranked in the major since 2016. Four to par first. Birdies are better first. Rounds in the 60s first. Wins first. He's treading nicely as well. <laughs> Third in Phoenix. 16th at the Honda Classic. 12th at the Valspar Championship as well. Here's the thing, guys. I'm not going too cute here this week with, like, long shots. The Masters is typically a chalky event. You want to stay toward the top of the board for the most part. Maybe like 50 to 1 and in. Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, those guys are obviously favorites this week. I like them a lot. When it comes to stories, we saw last season or a few years, yeah, last year with Kepka and DeChambeau, that rivalry there. Are there any storylines <laughs> to like keep, uh, like try to watch for for this Masters? Yeah, I wish that was still like a big time rivalry. I don't even know if it was real from the beginning. It seemed like it was, but of course, we had the match between Bryson and Brooks back during Thanksgiving weekend. As far as any sort of rivalry is concerned, I don't think there's any particular villainous sort of head-to-head -head battle this week at the Masters. If Phil Mickelson was playing, he would certainly be the villain of the week. But, you know, other storylines, of course, Rory McIlroy going for that career grand slam. He would be the sixth player to do that here in the Masters era. Gene Sarazen, Ben Hogan. Jack Nicklaus, Gary Player, Tiger Woods are the others to complete the Grand Slam. So we'll see if he can finally get over that hump. Jordan Spieth has been a curious case so far this PGA Tour season. The form isn't all that great. Didn't look awesome at the Valero Texas Open a week ago. 
He's typically a guy who contends at the Masters. And, hey, I mean, we have to talk about Bryson DeChambeau. This is a guy who once called Augusta National, instead of a par 72, a par 67 because it's that easy to him. Well, that same week he said that, he finished like T42. So I think <laughs> the jaws of Augusta bit him a little bit. He's coming off a bone brew sort of situation. So, you know, we'll see what happens with him this week. But obviously, he's a guy that we should certainly track. Hideki Matsuyama, of course, the defending champion. He's been dealing with some injuries, some shoulders, some neck issues. Dropped out of the most recent tournament last week. So he's a guy that we'll be watching, of course. So outside of Tiger, there are storylines, but Tiger certainly leads the way. All right, this one, this guy, he's not playing in the Masters, but he used to be my favorite player on the tour. Ricky Uh-oh. Fowler, is it over for him? Two years of not qualifying <laughs> for the Masters, ranked outside yeah. of the top 100. Is it over for Mr. Fowler? No, I don't want to say it's over because we sort of said that a little bit about Jordan Spieth for a while. We said that about Rory McIlroy for a while. You know, golf can be kind of like basketball where teams can go on a series of runs in a given game, right, and then they go ice cold. Players can do that on the PGA Tour as well. Certainly, Ricky Fowler is going through one of those ice-cold situations. He has flashed some success of late, but he's got to figure it all out. He's a little bit loose with his irons right now. His driver's a little erratic, and the putter can go ice-cold. But I don't want to say it's completely over for this guy. He's still 33 years old. We've seen guys win at the age of 50 at major championships. Mr. Phil Mickelson did it last year. Trust me, I am rooting for Ricky Fowler as much as you are, as much as anybody is out there. He's great for the game, and hopefully he can figure it out. And, look, he's an immense talent, so we certainly can. We'll see what happens going forward. Cam, before we let you go, I want to ask you, you know, if you're not a golfer, everyone wants to be a golfer. You know, all these professional athletes all go play golf in their leisure time, and some are really good, and some are just, well, out there. You know, <laughs> some are just out there participating. If you had to, to point out one guy that's not a professional golfer but you think is really damn good, who would it be? I think Tony Romo is actually one of the best amateur golfers out there. He's a guy who has actually tried to qualify for the U.S. Open a few times. He's played in a few Corn Ferry Tour events, which is basically the AAA of the PGA Tour. So he is an absolute amazing talent. You should check out his swing. He's pretty darn good. He's a scratch golfer, and, you know, he'd be a fun guy to uh, play with. So Tony Romo would be my pick. All right, there it is. Tony Romo is Cam's pick for the golfer who's not a golfer who could potentially be a golfer. Cam, great stuff as always, my man. I definitely appreciate you. Enjoy the week. I know you will, and uh, thanks for joining the show. Hey, guys, appreciate it. Go Tiger. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Cam Rogers, host of Lock It In on Believe Podcast Network, national sports betting and golf analyst. You can find him on Twitter at MrRogers99 and here with us on Raider Nation Radio 920 to break down the Masters. So I, so you're a golf guy? So you're into golf, huh? Oh, yeah, JV in high school, baby. Oh, no way. So you played golf in high school? Yeah, buddy. Is this another one of your, your imaginary stories? Is this one of those that you thought of in your dream? No, or is I this, was on this, the team in high there, school. Is there anyone to witness to you? Because you have all these stories that there's no witnesses to back you up. There's not been one swing what? of D that's come on the radio and been like, yeah, DeMond's good at this. You want me to call up some of the old, some of the old pals? I mean, I just want to know. Like, do you really? And outside of Kayla, she can't vouch for you because we know you and Kayla, we kick it like that. You guys are like Subway. You know what I'm saying? Eat fresh. Okay. Anyways, I'm just saying. I was on the team in high school. I'm not saying I was the best guy out there. Like I said, okay. never made it to varsity. But JV, oh man, okay, I was there. You got a little, a little golf into you, huh? What yeah. got you? What got you? I'm serious. Be serious. What got you involved in golf? 
uh, I wanted to do a spring sport. You know, you were kind of like, you know, <laughs> basketball's over and it's uh, what are we? I'm too lazy to run track. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, hey, I want to do something. Wow. So a couple of guys from the basketball team were like, hey, we should do golf. And we did that for two years. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. I, I learned something new about DeMond today. He was a golfer. In what's in high school? Oh yeah, and I would and I would get <laughs> like oh yeah, I bought like oh, a couple yeah. of pairs of shorts, like just extremely plaid, like just loud plaid colors, because I was like, I'm gonna look the part. Please don't ever wear those to work. Please don't ever. There's already some things that you wear to work that I question, like them damn overalls you had that one day. That I don't ever want to see your golf shorts here at the job. Please don't do that. 3.46 is the time. We'll come back, talk a little bit about the national championship game tonight, Kansas and North Carolina. My guy Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com and Locked On Bets. He's going to let you hear how you can win some money on this game, where he thinks it is, the game is going to be won. Kansas, I'll tell you right now, is the favorite. It's Kansas uh, minus four versus North Carolina. We'll break all that down as we close out the show. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. So what I've learned through the course of the show today, Damon has trained himself for wrestling. Damon has waited by the fireplace for Santa Claus. Damon has been a JV golfer. And Damon has hoop dreams as well, even though I never believe he got on the court. I'm a jack of all trades. And a master of none. <laughs> Absolutely none. But that's okay. We're here to close out the show. Pass the sticks on to Vinny Bonsignor. He'll hold it down 4 to 6 p.m. right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Let's hit the phone line real quick before we close out the show. Let's talk to our guy, Raider Fish in Berkeley. What's on your mind, man? Welcome to the show. Woo! Hey, Q. What's Come up? on. What it is, first of all. Hello. <laughs> what up? <laughs> what it do? Hey, it do what it does, but it can't do what it been. Hey, listen, Jamar, first of all, hey, I'm going to date myself here. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, he, he betrayed Hulk Hogan in a tag team match probably before you were born and let the whole world know that this thing was rigged. Uh, number two, big shout out to my man in Kentucky. I got a bet with all the Weiner fans that I live by. I'm telling them we got fans in every state so I can knock Kentucky off the uh, the map here, Bluegrass State, Raider fans, check. Now, uh, first round, second round of the draft, already in the books. We got a receiver out of Fresno, uh, a cornerback out of Temple, a D lineman out of Syracuse. So that's round one and two done. And, hey, your boy Q, my boy Q, hey, don't sleep. On Troy Anderson out of Montana, linebacker, third round. If we get him, we steal it. Let's go, Raiders. I love it. I love it. Hey, great call, man. Hey, you know what? Shout out to all the callers today. Everyone has brought the energy, man. I really can't appreciate all the calls that we've gotten, all the feedback we've gotten today uh, on the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. And I know our next caller is not going to disappoint either. Gangsta, gangsta, what's on your mind, my man? Yeah, 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 yeah. And to answer your question about the red zone, it's got to be Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake is going to eat in the red zone. Don't forget about him. That's the secret weapon. And also Waller. You know what I'm saying? And also I want to shout out to the homie Raider Home. I'm going to be on his show today on YouTube. I'm going to talk about uh, Raider Nation Radio and tell him how great it is since um, y'all came on and how we got an outlet and everything and how Raider Nation is just coming together because of Raider Nation. Radio, and I want to thank you. I want to thank Scott. I want to thank um, 
Heidi and um, Clay and them in the morning and Vinny. You know what I'm saying? Especially Vinny because he gave my brother a shout-out when he passed away last year. And Raider Nation is a family. And I want to tell everybody, no, we on the way up. And we still going undefeated, like I said, or at least 13 wins. You know what I'm saying? That's all I wanted to say. And shout-out to all the Raider content creators on YouTube. We, we going this going down all year long. And I see y'all at the draft. We're going to party up. First two rounds, it's going to be nothing but a party because we're going to party because we ain't going to have no picks unless they do a trade. So we're just going to see who can party the most, who can party like Raider Nation. Nobody. Let's go. Raiders. I'm gone. Keep it gangster, Q. Yep. There he goes right there. Gangster Raider always bringing it. That's a great way to close out the show, my man. Uh, Raider Fish in Berkeley and then Gangster Raider holding it down in L.A. Great calls, man. Really do appreciate the calls that we received on the show today. Got a couple text messages I wanted to get to real quick. DeMond, matter of fact, you're getting some love on the text line, the Sam and Ash text line. Q, a little love for DeMond. Would you give a shout-out to WWE Raw? That's on tonight. Thanks from Big Deuce. All right, Cody Rhodes, we saw the WrestleMania return. <laughs> now let's see if he can keep that momentum going. It's going to be the promo of the year. It might as well be. Cody Rhodes returns to Raw tonight. And it's scripted. Uh, also, we got a text from Sir Whiskey Ray. Q, speaking of eating fresh, you should ask DeMond what went down at the club over the weekend when him and I got down on the dance floor. I'll say this. I never let DeMond get away from me. That's sincerely Kayla. He marked. He, he, he put that, Kayla. He's involving Kayla in the show. <laughs> She went skating last night without me, and I was, like, a little disappointed. I like to go skating. You Wait, know, hold on. So you, skating. so half the time you try to deny her on the show, and then when she goes out and does something without you, then you get you start feeling some kind of way. So, yeah, you see sometimes you see something on the story. It's like, I like to go roller skating. Oh, uh, so I she probably was out, wouldn't have gone. She was out cupcaking with someone else, and you, got, you started feeling some kind of way. You thought you were the only one. Only thing that was on the story was the skates. I don't know who she was there with. Wasn't you? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Damon is feeling some kind of way. I told you to invite <laughs> Kayla on the show, and you deny her, and then you see her, and she's out, in the, out and about without you? Unbelievable. Wow. She gets a lot of play on this show. I love it. Uh, I Keith, just wanted to go skating, that's all. Yeah, okay. Keith from Sonora hit us up and said, I was fired up about Shalit Calhoun as well. Bought a signed card. He did nothing. Oh, well. Yeah, that's real. I got all fired up about Shalit Calhoun's name. And I knew he went to Michigan State. I knew he was a, a, a pretty good player at Michigan State. I thought he could provide something, but he provided absolutely nothing. Uh, Gizmo said, what's cracking, Q? What's up, Damon? No one in the box because our receivers coupled with McDaniel's conservative smash mouth approach. I believe that the closer, Josh Jacobs, is definitely going to get cooking in the red zone this year and have the highest touchdown total of any other skill player on the team. So uh, very good stuff right there. I do appreciate that. Great feedback throughout the course of the show. Don't don't let it stop because the show's over. Vinny Bonsignor is going to hold it down from 4 to 6 p.m. Light him up, Raider Nation. Light him up, 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. He'll have plenty of content, but uh, he definitely wants to hear your feedback as well throughout the course of the show. Do not forget the NFL draft is taking over Las Vegas April 28th through 30th. You can be there to witness it live. NFL Fan Fest features player appearances, photo ops, live concerts, and more, and it's all free with the NFL One Pass app. The NFL Draft. Brought to you by Radio Nation Radio 920, of course, Bud Light as well. Visit NFL.com slash NFL One Pass to make sure you register. So that's going to do it for us. Tomorrow I'll be doing the show all the way live from Raiders headquarters, Raiders HQ right there at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. So uh, we'll come to you then. But uh, Vinny Bonsignor, he's on deck. He's up next in the huddle, 4 to 6 p.m. right here on Raider Nation Radio 920.